You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host. Rob Ratner. When you see a story with a headline, how the $445 million Mets collapsed, you're probably going to want to read it. So that's what I did. Excellent job by Tim Britton and Will Salmon of The Athletic to dive into exactly what happened to the New York Mets this year. So we wanted to look at not what happened, but what is going to happen. And we talked a little bit about this on the Baseballs and Boring podcast with former Mets GM Jim Duquette. He knows the market. He knows what it's like to be a GM. And he also follows baseball closer than anyone, being a host, one of the hosts on Sirius XM MLB Network Radio. So it was a great conversation. Go check out the whole podcast. But part of it was asking Jim what he thought about the David Stearns hire and what that might mean to the Mets. And we top it off, and this baseball isn't boring, on the go with a little prediction of who's going to land where you want to land at the end of the year. All right, here you go. Here's some David Stearns talks for you. Yeah, well, okay, so this spin it to the Mets, a team that you know. And so everyone, when David Stearns was hired, everyone, they sold, you know, a lot of tickets because everyone liked the idea of David Stearns. Now, if you probably ask a lot of Mets fans, all right, what did David Stearns do? I don't know. I just know that Milwaukee was good. And, they, and everyone tells us that right. this was the guy and we got the guy. So what, what's your perspective on how he will do, but also like what he will do, knowing him? So I'm always intrigued because he has, uh, you know, he grew up in New York, he has Mets ties. He actually was an intern under Omar Minaya 
there. So he had some ties to obviously a different ownership group. Uh, then he went on to MLB, uh, got some experience there before going to Cleveland and then on to Houston. And it was a quick rise to assistant GM. And then he was in Houston there during some of their successful years before he went to Milwaukee. And if you look at their success, they'll be in a postseason this year. He doesn't really get too much credit on that, but I think it'll be three of the final four years of his tenure were in the postseason. He was a game away from getting to the World Series um, that year. They played against the Dodgers in the NLCS, right? So he's creative. Uh, he's smart. He's reserved. Uh, you know, I think that those are – he's consistent. Uh, you know, he's analytically driven. He's gotten more out of less – than almost anybody else, very similar to the way the Tampa uh, executives that, that we hear. So, um, you know, he's not afraid to make trades. He's made, you know, like his most recent trade they made when they didn't make the postseason, he traded Josh Hader. He misunderstood the chemistry aspect of the clubhouse. He owned it. He mm-hmm. realized that he made, he cut his teeth. He won't make that mistake again. Like there's all these things. If you're, if I'm the Mets owner, if I'm Steve Cohen, going, oh yeah, I, I want this guy. I want this guy over here. Um, and so, you know, and you still get Billy Epler too, who is a, a you know, an right, which is important. Team. It's it's impo- it's an important thing. We talked about multiple people, and, and, yeah. and Billy Epler. You know, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. You know, this guy, this guy, we can't forget. And I don't know if the Mets are going to sign Otani, but this guy's the guy who signed Otani. So right. if if you want to go down that road, it's not a bad guy to have in your front office. So yeah, exactly, exactly, it's exactly right. He he convinced Otani the first time for almost virtually zero money. I mean, when you look at how much he got, it's embarrassing how much money Otani took to sign with the Angels. Now he has the largest checkbook in the sport. He can't attract Otani to New York. Is that what people are saying? You know, unless he doesn't want to come to New York, yeah. like they would be a front runner, no doubt. Oh yeah. All right. So last thing, Jim, I appreciate your time is as you sit here, you have to, you have to stand on that field, the world series, you have to stand on that field. It's going to be cold. And I see you running around with your microphone and getting the best of the best out of guys. And who is who are those teams going to be for you right now? As we sit here, who do you feel good about it landing? Well, I just, I've seen a lot of Atlanta and how good they are and they've been able to win without their starting pitching being what I think it will be late and their bullpen. Like it's about as well balanced of a team as you can have. So I'm going to take the, I'm going to pick chalk um, in, in Atlanta. Okay. Um, I feel like, I feel like that one is almost easy to do considering everything. It doesn't mean they're going to win it, but I, I will look at them and just say, you know, even if they're not playing, we're playing well going into it. They have all, a lot of the elements I look for and they've got chemistry, makeup, experience, all that. So I think the harder part for me is in the American league. Cause I don't think there's a clear cut team. You know, everyone wants to choose Houston. I'm not going that route. I, I've seen some flaws after winning the world series last year and they were slow to the, to the trigger and building the roster. So I'm not picking, I'm not picking them. I was tempted to go Mariners, uh, because they have really good pitching, but yeah. I'm going to stay down here. Um, I'm going to say the, the way I've been watching the Orioles here lately, um, and they may end up having the best team in the American League. It's either they or, or Tampa. Those are the two for me that are um, have, have uh, weathered the most adversity yeah. over the year. They're tested within the division, like all of those things. So, you know, since you hardly ever see one versus one, I'll take Tampa. But my heart wants to pick the Orioles. So, you know, either way, 
I won't yeah. be freezing, and you and I won't be Ooh. freezing our tails. All off right. If, they, if those two get in there because of the warmer weather. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. And by the way, Grayson Rodriguez may be the most important player in the postseason, right? I mean, maybe that's that's all that's hyperbole, but not really. Yeah. I mean, he, he could be a big, big guy. He's going to be a big factor. He looks like yeah. he has plenty left in the tank, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm on the Rays. I just feel like they figured out that after sifting through all the chaos, they sort of figured out who they are. Um, yeah. feeling good about themselves. And, uh, and I, you know what? Don't sleep on the Dodgers because – and here's the thing is that – like the, so Justin Turner said this about how they went in 111 games, sort of cruised, and that was almost detrimental to, like, yeah. you, you, you know, playing. And I know that they clinched early, but the amount of adversity that that team has had to go through in terms of injuries is nuts, is nuts. Yeah. And that and that has to say that has to mean something. I think somewhere down the road, yeah, it, it definitely does. Learning how to win without your because you saw even even it with the Red Sox run right when they won it in uh, nineteen or was it nineteen eighteen eighteen because yeah. the Nationals in nineteen in eighteen like when the you know the crap hits the fan, you better have a good manager that can can figure out different ways to win. Whether it's David Price coming in out of the uh, or, or David Price or yeah. or Chris Sale, you know whoever it is coming in out of the bullpen, any of those, you know that um, the Tampa is probably the best at, at figuring out ways like that. And there'll be some things that they'll do, like oh, we'll we'll be copying that in the postseason next year or the year after. Like they they are the standard for for people just copying them all the time. And I don't feel like they've. And here's another thing about Tampa. I don't feel like they've grinded their key guys into the ground like in years past, right? I mean, that, that's what happened. Everyone focused on the Blake Snell decision. Well, you brought in a reliever who had like had, had half an arm left. So yes, uh, yes, that's a great point. Um, I think you know their bullpen's deep. Their offense is sneaky good. Like it was really good early on. It's it, it slowed down now. They hit the high end velocity. Like there's some things that you go. That's a team, you know, I think Kevin Cash is fantastic as a manager. It's a really well-run team. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw you get to stay uh, at the, in, in there. Do you get to stay at the Vinoy? Is that is that in the uh, in the budget? Uh, I, that remains to be seen. I don't know if that will get to the into the Sirius XM budget or not. Uh, we'll have to wait on that. We might um, get there for, for around for the LCS, but the World Series gets a little crowded in there. All right. Best beds in the American League. There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks so much, right. man. Thanks, Robert. Always good to see you. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.